coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I am Matthew. Yes. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Cawthon is here. Um... <laughs> And we're here once again to talk to you about what's playing in theaters right now. Whoa! This is, yeah, I know. <laughs> we're really getting back into it. Get we've at, we've been seeing a bunch of movies. It's been a while since we talked to you, so there's a lot to cover. So we're just gonna we're gonna get right into it, I guess. Um, well, actually, before we talk about what's playing in everyone else's theaters these days. We should talk about a very private screening that we had. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, we should talk about that. Um, I guess I should talk about that. I should start yeah. that conversation. This is your story. This is my story. Um, it's not really, I mean, there's not really a story story. It's just an event that occurred in our lives. Um, so I recently had a birthday. It was a big birthday. One of the big numbers that we celebrate. And I'll just leave it at that. And... I decided that for this birthday, I would rent out a private screening at the Nighthawk Cinema in New York City to watch Rock of Ages 2012. Um, It was fucking hype. Um, And obviously, Teddy came up for that, right? Um, As well as some of our other friends. Um, So, friends of the pod were on site for the the screening. Uh, They were on location. It was... Yeah. It was a very private fan screening. Yes. Uh, things got a little crazy. Things did get a little we, crazy. It was rowdy. It was very rowdy. We, we got everyone introduced to the drinking game for Rock of Ages. Yes, uh, yes. It was pretty wild. Yeah. And but it was it was great to finally, after like a fucking year of like watching this all the time and like talking about it all the time, to finally see it on a big screen. That was like, you know, great way to sort of end, quote unquote, the pandemic. The pandemic is not over, but you know we can do things again right now. So it was a good uh, celebration of that. And it was a good, it was a good welcome back to the movies again. Obviously we've been going to the movies for a little while, but this is, this felt like, all right, now we're really doing it again. We can have like actual events where you go meet up with people and go to the movies. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was awesome. Even though in this case, it was a small group of people in a private screening. Um, Yeah. So we weren't really like going and seeing the stranger. So it would have been awesome. I will say that the projectionist liked the movie. Um, <laughs> he had never seen it before. So that was pretty exciting. Um, we we got another one hooked. Um, I do love that we're consistently introducing new people to this. Slowly, like, it's sort of like, you know, when Cthulhu's tentacles just sort of like <laughs> spread everywhere. We're sort of like, we're just slowly infecting more and more people with uh-huh. the need to rock. Um, yes. You know, love it. And when the time comes, all the true believers will be saved or, or will be eaten first, whatever it, whatever Whichever that it is. is. I don't yeah. really know which one it is. Um, <laughs> by the Cthulhu with the face of Stacy Jacks. Um, be a great time. <laughs> all the tattoos with the, the with the twin uh, yeah, gun tattoo. We should note that I that we dressed up for it. We dressed up for the event. Um, I wore some Stacy Jacks tattoos. They were temporary tattoos. Um, that was pretty exciting. Um, so, friend of the pod got me those temporary tattoos. I should, oh, yes. I should make that known here. Um, those are some very screen accurate tattoos. Yeah, like, and I've still got some exactly. for future use. Um, so there's still a future use where I will wear the other temporary tattoos. So 
because I didn't put them all over my body because I was never going to be shirtless during the screening. So that just, seemed like, yeah, <laughs> it would have been a waste. Um, <laughs> um, well, you couldn't guarantee that you weren't going to be shirtless, but you didn't end up being shirtless. So it was probably for the best. That's true. Yeah. There was always, exactly. there was always like a non-zero chance that I would remove a shirt during the screening. <laughs> um, like I could have seen it happening during like, um, dead or alive or um, pour some sugar on me. I feel like those were the two places where like the, the risk was there just because they're the big Stacy Jacks numbers where he's, you know, wearing limited clothing. Um, yeah, see, the thing is though that if we didn't get the extended version and if we had gotten the extended version, I bet you the shirt would have come off during Rocky like a hurricane. It would have. During Ro- Rocky like a hurricane, I probably would have like done a strip tease for everybody in the... <laughs> in the auditorium so honestly it's pretty good that they they fucked up and didn't play the extended edition like we had like was specifically on my um contract i just want to put that out there again um they contractually agreed to play it they did contractually agree to it and the thing is having worked these sorts of events before i do understand that certain players the dvd just like sort of starts on its own and you actually can't go to the menu and pick which version um and so because i gave them a disc where both versions are on one disc that, you know, maybe I should have thought that through. I do actually have a version where it's just one disc, but, um, you know, because I own that movie on multiple copies. Of um, <laughs> of course, so, because of course I do. Um, so as we would expect. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, my shirt definitely would have come off for that. That's a good point. And if we ever get a chance to, then we'll all get to witness that. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was really fun. That was a great, great celebration of being in a movie theater. Um, we drank a lot of white wine. I mean, like, just like a lot of white wine. We, we had so many bottles of white wine that we're mixing with seltzer, we're mixing uh, with seltzer yeah. to make the, the classic uh, Patricia Whitmore cocktail. <laughs> Patricia Whitmore. So. I can't believe she drinks alcohol. I feel like we need to discuss that at some point. She just like, right. you know, she probably shouldn't because she's so like hoity-toity. Um, well, she seems like, like a wine mom type, you know? She does, yeah. She's like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It just seems like she's so like, no, oh, I'm going to ruin the lives of the children. Um, <laughs> so you'd think she wouldn't drink alcohol, but she does. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that was really fun. We don't have to keep harping on that. I could talk about it forever just because it was really fun. And it was like the highlight of my like past like year and a half. So like, but yeah, that was great. It was an awesome time. Uh, yeah. Rock very on. nice. And very nice to take advantage of the uh, the super cheap private theater rentals before uh-huh. they start going back up in price. Yeah. It's worth noting. I booked it long before like things started opening up again. Like it was sort of like, we knew we had all been vaccinated. So we were like, well, if we come up and we just hang out at my apartment and then happen to go to a private screening, like that's not, you know, that's like a safe move regardless. Cause we're all vaccinated. Yeah. Um, so at the time you could only allow like, it was like eight to 11 people in the theater at, at a time. And so I was like, well, that's like no problem for me. Um, so I got it based on that capacity limit. That was the cost I paid. Uh, by the time we did it, things have basically fully opened up. So, you know, the prices would have skyrocketed by then. But because I signed and paid so early, didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Truly, yeah. Um, a, a rare opportunity there. Because normally, mm. like, that sort of thing has always really appealed to me, the idea of having your own theater. Yeah. But it is usually prohibitively expensive. Yes. Um, you have to have a but, lot of money or have multiple people going in on it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got a, We got a rare deal there and a, a great way to get back in the swing and go to the movies. Yeah. Um, so we've got some more movies to talk about now, I guess. Um, 
It's been a while since this one came out, but why don't we talk about Cruella? Because uh, this one was was blowing up the <laughs> social media when it first came out, just because it's such a absurd premise for a movie. Really, basically, you know, making a Cruella Deville prequel story in which she's like the heroine of the story. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? It's just like a very yeah. And so let's just like start right there. So like. There, I've seen a lot of like the 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 think pieces and the thoughts and the discourse around this movie very quickly just spiraled into a way where it's like it's no it's not worth trying to have a serious discussion about this on the internet because you know it's just not worth it. Um, but the memes were very funny. Um, but yeah. it very quickly spiraled out of control because you had the people who were like, um, her whole thing is she skins puppies and wears them, and then you had the people who were like, wait, she skins puppies and wears them, and then it's like, well, what the fuck did you think she? wanted the puppies for to make a co- like how is she gonna make a coat out of them um and so like there was like all of this stupidity going around and then the movie came out and there were people who were like it doesn't really glamorize her the way joker did joker and i'm like did we watch the same movie it doesn't more than joker did joker and like i don't i don't necessarily think that's like a you know i don't have to personally believe that that's a knock against the movie like like at the end of the day like joker is a worse person because he kills people and people's lives are like you know you know there's a there is a hierarchy there but like Cruella's still a very bad person like and so it's like <laughs> what do you mean like it didn't glamorize her like it like she was the hero of this movie you walked away from the like you rooted for her in this movie you walked away thinking she won the movie like and feeling like that was a good thing like if you just go in blind right like if you yeah. also know that she later goes on to skin puppies and wear them <laughs> um then maybe you didn't feel like it was a good thing that she won but like if you didn't know that you would think oh that's a good thing she won because the other person's bad like maybe she has some like dark tendencies but she pulled away from her darkest tendencies you know that right. sort of thing and so that like, was what yeah i found that kind of strange about the movie is that i came in expecting it either to be like a complete rewrite of her character where she's not evil or to like just show her gradually going off the dark end but it doesn't really do either it's kind of like it shows her like with the potential to be bad at sometimes, but in the end she's still the hero. Cause like the other, like the woman that she was trying to bring down who spoiler alert was like actually her mom was like way worse and also very evil. And so it's like, Oh, well she was doing the right thing and she's not crazy. She's just a genius who's misunderstood. Yeah. It's like, it's just like an insane, like, and like, also, I just want to be clear that her, her, like the her enemy in this movie is only worse in this movie. Cruella goes on to be just as bad. Like, yeah, like she's just as bad as a of a person ultimately. And so, and like we know that, and the movie knows that because it references the way things shape up. Like, and so like it, it's just like, what do you mean? I don't know. It's, it's a very weird thing. I like the movie. I like. I'll be upfront. I enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Like. I had a blast. I love just like watching both of the Emmas like ham it up every time they were in a scene together or even just separately. But like, just like they were like clearly having fun with the roles. I was like, this is fine. Like I'm saying this on my AMCA list. So I'm not really paying for this. And this is fine. Like totally, totally an enjoyable experience for me. Like, um, but like, yeah. it's definitely like a questionable, like morality, like things are questionable in this movie. Like, so I wanted to like it just for like how absurd and over the top it was. And there were many parts that I found really good and interesting, but like as a whole, it kind of dragged for me 
it was like it was much longer than it needed to be and i feel like there were like three or four different scenes in this movie where it's like all right we're gonna do a heist now and most of the time i was like i don't even know why they're doing this anymore like like does this is this moving the plot along at all i don't know why they like multiple times have to break in to this fashion house to do something or other yeah but there, there are a few heist scenes some of them pay off pretty well though um yeah some I of them are very good a really long one where the dog is dressed up as like a rodent i was like all right like, this is we, we get it um like and it's also- like that scene that scene would have made sense at like the end of the movie but it was like it right in the middle and then there was a whole bunch of movie left it's like why is this scene so long yeah, yeah, like, I mean, it was on? just like really long and like also it was like the sort of like goofiness that like i think that was a problem for me that like the movie didn't know if it wanted to be like really goofy a la animated 101 dalmatians or if it wanted to be like a serious dark movie and like that was one of those scenes where it's like nobody looks at that and thinks that's a real rodent they think that's a dog in a <laughs> costume and so i don't know what you want me to do about that because the rest of the movie doesn't make me think i'm living in some fantasy reality like like but this scene makes me think that everybody's so stupid that this must be a fantasy world like it was just like very confusing um so yeah i don't know i it it was weird um but i did like some of them i liked like the heist scene that paid off in the form of like the dresses like sprouting a bunch of bugs like that was yeah that was awesome that was really cool that was Um, really cool i liked a lot of like the the fashion stuff yeah especially in the latter half this movie will definitely get costuming nods at the oscars and maybe win who knows um yeah, when she was doing like her whole like punk rock thing where she'd like show up to all of the other person's shows and like ruin them and stuff, that was really fun. Yeah. Um Yeah, yeah that like I just the the tone was kinda kinda all over the place. You couldn't totally decide how silly it wanted to be. Um also the the end like not the end, but like the the post credits, I found really strange. Wait, wait which the one's imp- the post credits? The the, the one implication she, she that she was the one who gave Pongo, Pongo and Perdita, Perdita. to yeah. um, <laughs> to the uh, to Roger and uh, what's her face Anita, and that like she knew both of them before they met. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, why? Yeah, I okay. agree that that was weird because like she's going to give them the dogs. And then she's going to later want to steal them and skin them. So like, you know, it's like I'm going to give them these dogs so they meet and then their dogs have puppies and then I'll take the puppies. It's like, why is this your scheme? Like, why did this need to be? Why did you need? Why did they need to be involved at all? Like, I, mean, I don't I, know. I Maybe it'll be explained. I was going to say, I think the movie definitely thinks it can have a sequel. Like there's like definitely that vibe. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, And I think that maybe it thinks like, I feel like the idea would be that like more happens to make, you know, her want to do that. Um, I don't think it's like, she's currently plotting. Let me give them to you so that I can steal them later. I think oh, at the okay. time, she's right. literally giving them to them just to give them to them. I think, I think that's the idea. Interesting. I, I do think she actually likes, um, what's her name? Anita. Like, I think she actually yes. likes her. Yeah. She does not like, what's his name? Um, who Roger, writes the song. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And like which which tracks with the original movie yeah, although tracks, yeah um i don't know if I'm like, sure. i've never read the the like the the right the literature that this is based off of it is based off of like a piece of actual writing maybe that's yeah. all tracks maybe this whole thing actually tracks but um, maybe this is the more faithful piece right, of uh, yeah, I actually, adaptation i have literally no idea um but 
Yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I It's definitely questionable, but overall, I liked it. Like, I'll, I would definitely watch it again. And, like, um, I was, like, sort of obsessed with, like, the soundtrack for, like, a solid, like, week and a half. Um, and that See, I found, Florence I found Machine this... song is going to be a big thing um, oh, boy. for my I found my the soundtrack era. to be a bit excessive. Like, there mm. are just so many, like, everybody was talking about this. There's so many needle drops in this movie. And it's, like, I wasn't just annoyed by that as much as i felt like the need for the movie to fill like every second with music and not like just like background music but like aggressive music that was like in the foreground and that you would recognize um it just it became a bit much like overwhelming i think i liked that about it i liked how over the top it was i think that that contributed to my enjoyment of it because it helped me it made me feel like the movie knew it was being ridiculous um, okay most of the time so like because I did, I agree that the mu- the music was, like, excessive. Like, but I thought it was, like, it knew it was excessive. I didn't think the movie was, like, oh, yeah, this is really an interesting song choice. It was, like, this is the most <laughs> obvious song choice you could make right now. Like, and I think that the movie knew that. Um, at least from where I stood. Um, so. Yes. It is truly post-cinema, really, oh. of, of the best sort. Corella um, would be the post-cinema movie. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> um, anyway, the sequel, I, I'm sure, is sure to be just as we live in a society and we're all going to be like that. Um, Basically. Yeah. I thought it was funny how they had to keep like reiterating that she was like a genius and that she'd been born brilliant yeah. and whatever. It was well, like, okay. I like the hot topic scene. It's like, I'm Cruella born brilliant, born mad or no bad. And a little bit mad. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> get it. Like you're going like, to like found hot topic in the next movie. Like, <laughs> like, like i didn't i didn't get any of that up till that point like why why were you brilliant as a child because you put pins on your jacket or something like i don't she had different hair or something like the movie was definitely like tell don't show i was like all right um like clearly has a real eye for fashion with the way that she has different colored hair the the bad and the mad part totally got totally got that she was bad <laughs> and she was a little bit nuts but like brilliant i don't know i mean obviously sort of like the fashion thing it was supposed to be her designs were so good and that was sort of the brilliance um, i don't know fashion well enough to comment on any of the fashion designs that she put forward in this movie they looked aesthetically pleasing to me but i don't know if they were brilliant um but yeah so yeah i don't know it, <laughs> the brilliant thing was kind of questionable to me as well i was like all right could we like I don't get it. She's just like, she's a, a troublemaker. That doesn't make her brilliant. Lots of kids are troublemakers and are still stupid. But like, no offense to the stupid kids of the world. Yeah. And also there's like the implication that since her mom was like the fashion designer, that that's why she's like a brilliant fashion designer. Yes. It's like, do you really, do you pick up the fashion gene like outside of any like, direct influence of like learning fashion from your parents yeah but that's like, like so disney like it's so disney to be like you're heavily impacted by your parents you know what i mean it is yeah. i was thinking like oh this is like rise of skywalker type stuff yeah, yeah. it's just like, so it's so typical um so i didn't really i mean certain things i just you know i'm like all right i just chalk this up to the fact that i am at the end of the day watching a disney movie so like the themes are going to be very broad and you know <laughs> there's not going to be much nuance or like anything you know it's just the way yeah. disney operates that you know kind of makes sense because they're trying to appeal to like literally everybody um but uh yeah so 
Yeah, it's just kind of weird. Also, like, the mom plot, <laughs> I think it's, like, kind of, like, it kind of felt like the whole, like, setup, like, I, you know, my mom got, okay, also, okay, let's, let's just rewind a few <laughs> things. The big meme out of this was that Cruella hates Dalmatians because her mom was killed by Dalmatians. I just want to be clear, Cruella doesn't hate Dalmatians in this movie, for most of this movie. Right. She keeps them as pets, like, and she's, like, fine with them. Like, she's kind of annoyed because they're mean to her, but also, those dogs have, like, devil CGI faces, so I would also <laughs> probably be upset with them. Um, I did think it was funny that they made the Dalmatians like evil spawn of hell. So yeah, it's like, look at these evil Dalmatians who totally deserve to be made into a coat. They were literally like CGI Dalmatian Cerberus. Like I was like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is going on here. Like this is like pure evil. Um, but they, they literally had the, but like, I would also hate Dalmatians if I saw those faces push my mom over a cliff. I just want to be clear, but that's not really what happens in this movie. Like she doesn't, right. she doesn't necessarily love them, but she's not like, I hate them and want them gone. Like she keeps them and she's like fine with them. And like, she gives them away in the end, but she doesn't want to kill them. Like, and yeah, so she makes uh, friends with the Dalmatians. Yeah. So I just want to clear up that like weird, like meme, like the memes were funny, but it was like, that's not actually what happens. And so right. it's a funny meme, but it's bit clearly created and propagated by people who have not actually watched the film. Um, right. That scene devoid of context is objectively it's, hilarious, it's but it, so it does make funny. It's like, it's like watching like a series of unfortunate events scene. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like the dog, like she's blowing her little dog whistle and the dogs are just running. They're pushing over this massive cliff. Like what the fuck is happening? Why are the Dalmatians it's so, doing like, this? It's so like borderline operatic the way she like flies over the edge and it's like the pan down to the rocks below. And like, what is is going on here? But like, it does make a little more sense contextually, but it's still just like, it's a hilarious scene. Yes. Also, I got to say the twist that the woman blowing the whistle and sicking the dogs on the mom was the woman that it is, which we've already sort of spoiled, but like, yeah. It was like the least shocking twist. Like as soon as that scene was happening, I was like, well, I know who that is. Like, obviously. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like, and you know, that doesn't make or break a movie. Um, but it's annoying when a movie thinks it's revealing a plot twist and it's like, well, yeah, like obviously that was that character. Who the fuck else would it be? <laughs> like, you know, it was the sort of thing how like Saw Spiral's big twist felt at first. It was like, well, yeah, obviously that's hit the killer. Like process of elimination by now says it had to be like um don't make this a big deal um saw spiral redeemed itself more i like saw spiral more as a movie i just want to be clear on that front um but yeah you know it's just one of those things where like i hate when a movie like thinks it has a clever twist and it's like well this was heavily telegraphed so i you know i mean we knew that it couldn't just be some random that this happened you know that did this like (laughs) um it made sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there they were fun parts of the movie. I'm uh, looking forward to think... uh, the sequel where she meets Joaquin Phoenix's Joker and the two, like, <laughs> run away. Um, it'll actually probably be Jared Leto Joker. So. <laughs> Can't wait. That would be great. That would be fantastic. We need more Jared Leto Joker in our lives. We've been missing him. Uh, you say that. Yeah, I thought, you know, it was fine. It was fine. It was a movie. I'm, I hope that the trend of, like, trying to do the, like, humanization of villains can end someday. But, you know. Do we have more yeah. on the horizon? Do we know yet? Like, is there, like, 
Is it like a Hades redemption arc? Hades doesn't really need it. Hades sort of already is like fine. Um, he's doing his job. That's literally his job. He keeps the underworld. Um, Isn't but, there a musical called Hades Town? Is that, is that what that's about? I don't think that has anything right. to do with this. Um, okay. <laughs> appreciate that though. But yes, there is a musical <laughs> called Hades Town. Um, but I, I, you know, I could be wrong. It Well, it is about myths actually, but I don't know if it's like, humanizing him so i don't want to say okay that. but it, it is about like orpheus and eurydice but um yeah but i don't want to say that it's humanizing him i can't say that i don't know it i would like actually to see it but that's but we're not we're not buzzed on broadway um so um, we should <laughs> we're, we're we should not allowed to discuss um, broadway until they make a film adaptation a film like adaptation we can 2012 we, rock of ages yeah we do like film adaptations of musicals on this part that's like you know a thing that we enjoy but um we we can't talk that's, about Hades time yet well, that's a good transition point, actually, because yes. Look at that. there's a, a film adaptation of a musical out right now. Uh, In the Heights just came out uh, a few weeks ago, yes. and uh, it is, I as of now, well, by the time this comes out, I think it'll be gone from HBO Max, but it should still be in theaters. Um, this was interesting for me, like as I really was not familiar with In the Heights, the musical at all. Um, obviously familiar with Lynn Manuel Miranda. Um, he has Possible a bit of a check. This point. Um, <laughs> he's a bit of a checkered reputation at this point. Um, but, uh, I, I had a lot of fun with this. I really enjoyed it. Um, this was his initial claim to fame. Yeah. And the Heights was huge when it came out. It was a big deal. I was, when this came out, I was like, you know, in my big theater kid phase in high school and I was really into the Broadway soundtrack in the heights um i loved it and this was this was my introduction to london obviously since then he's gone on to like you said a sort of checkered hamilton is has some there's a lot of criticism of hamilton that is founded um and there's also a lot of praise of hamilton that is also founded uh very complicated but he's definitely like a mixed reputation kind of guy now but when this came out it was just all love right everybody liked uh, what, what is that it was all love is love is love is love is love is love get it um fucking <laughs> He's like in, he's what? sort of like in, you can't distinguish him from all of the memes about him at this point. It's like impossible <laughs> to think about Lin-Manuel Miranda, not think about that one photo of him, like sort of biting his lip. Um, biting the lip bite photo. Um, yeah, you know, it's just like, that's just like who, fundamentally who he is, right? <laughs> um, so, but I really like In the Heights and I loved the stage show. And I mean, I've never seen the stage show, but I like the Broadway musical. I like the soundtrack. I own the physical soundtrack broadway show so i like that mm -hmm. um and i liked the movie i thought it was really fun um i had a great time i watched it twice once in theaters and once on hbo max afterwards um because i just wanted to watch it again mainly i just wanted to hear the music again honestly the music is just great um yeah i really think it's really good too though the performances are really really good i think that the whole cast does a really good job uh, so i think i i really enjoyed it i enjoyed the movie a lot yeah, it was interesting. Like I said, I, I I was not familiar with this at all, other than it took place, you know, in Washington Heights in New York. Um, I thought the story was really nice. It what didn't get like too heavy at any point, and it wasn't like too complicated. A lot of it was just sort of like slice of life type stuff, but also it had enough of a storyline going through it to be interesting. Um, characters were all very good, and the acting and music were fantastic. Uh, and just it, it was just like a fun kind of thing to go into a theater and see. Like, yeah. I definitely feel like 
it's great for the theatrical experience is the music and the like all the visuals on screen the visuals on this were incredible yeah i thought like they did a really good job of making each number kind of visually distinct and like doing different things with them that they didn't bring back in later numbers just to kind of like mix things up and make everything different um there was that cool scene where they kept like um they were like miming things and they were like little cgi uh drawings that would appear to show what they were miming 96 stuff yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. And that was really cool. Was really There's like the scene where they're dancing on the side of the building. Oh, yeah. um, just a lot of really cool things that you can't do on the stage that they brought into the film version. So um, right. kind of dressing it up a little bit, making it fit the screen. And I thought it worked really well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was really, yeah, I really liked it. I liked visually. I liked the scene that was filmed in Brooklyn in the ninth Avenue station. Um, <laughs> uh, just saying, just they did film in a, in a subway station. And I just like that. That was the big number with, um, with a uh, Pacencia Fay at the end when um, the, what's her name? The uh, Abuela. Um, she is having her big song. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That was filmed on a subway station um, with some very old train cars. I don't know if you noticed, those are very old train cars. Um, we they do. did look old. Everything in the scene was. We very have we have those dated. old train cars in the transit museum still. Um, so they they got some of those to use for for that scene. Uh, I really like that scene. I really like that number. Um, so that was really I really enjoyed that. Um, I liked a lot of things though. Uh, I, yeah, I really liked the movie. I thought it was really fun. I would definitely. I mean, I intend to watch it again. You know, when I can. Um, so I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, I thought what was really nice about this was that Lin Manuel Miranda himself was in it like just the right amount. Yes, he did you not get overdo it. Um, too much of him. I thought he fit really well into the like the side character that he put himself as. Paragua, man. He was sort of just, like um, yeah. you know who he reminded me of um Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was like that level. Um yeah, it's like when Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. shows up, you're like, oh my god, it's him. Yeah, and then yeah. like you don't have to see him the whole time. He does show up um, again. There are a couple other scenes with him. But yeah, yeah, he has like a reprise yeah. and yeah, a couple times. And he's definitely at the but, end where they have like the big like block party number where they're singing. Um yeah. But yeah, that was yeah, he's not in it a ton. I thought I thought that was smart on his on his part. Because he knows he's sort of the biggest problem with Lin-Manuel Miranda was just like, he hit overexposure fast. Like he just got to the point where it's like, all right, we just, you know, you got good ideas, man, but you probably need to just step away for a second. Like we don't need to see your face every like five minutes anymore. <laughs> that was the issue that he reached. Um, so I thought it was good. Uh, yeah. 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 There were a lot, there was a lot that I liked about this movie. That was really good. I don't know. You know, I think that mostly people have liked it. Obviously, not everybody. Um, but like, I loved Anthony Ramos, the lead. I thought he was really, really good. Oh, I, he was so good. He was such like, a great, great main character to follow through this whole movie. Um, so good, so good. <sighs> yeah, he like he has like the whole like through line of the film to carry, and I yes. uh, thought yeah, he did a really well. good yeah. job. Obviously, he great has experience singing. with the show. He's been in the stage show before, but uh, yeah. But yeah, I thought I thought he was really really good. I, I really appreciated that. Um, both of the leading ladies, um, uh, Melissa Ferreira and Leslie Grace, I also thought they were really really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Thought they were really excellent. So I don't know. I just thought there was a lot of 
a lot of good stuff. I, I loved the actress who played Abuela, who also played the same character on the stage show for like the entire run of the stage show. Um, oh, wow. Fucking awesome that. that they brought her back for that. Um, and I thought she like, you know, really killed it. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like a, a massive role, but there's a lot to do with that role. And I thought she did really, really well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, and she's got that one really big number that's right. like a huge emotional set piece and yeah. worked really well. Yeah. So. Uh, I thought it was interesting to see Jimmy Smits in this. Yeah. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen him in anything musical before. No, I don't think so. But, I also, yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Beatrice was in this um, for, she was, she was good. One of the salon ladies who also was mm-hmm. in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I Mark mean, Anthony? I, I, Sorry, I keep forgetting Mark <laughs> Anthony was in this movie very briefly. Um, he had a nice little cameo as the uh, seemingly alcoholic father of Aunt Vinny oh, his cousin. <laughs> okay, that's who that was. So, yeah. um, he also sings on the soundtrack, but only on like that if you've listened to the soundtrack, there's like an original song written that plays over the end yeah. credits. Yeah. I saw Mark him on the soundtrack. Yeah. I didn't realize he showed up yeah. as the father. It's so a that very was, bit that was cool. it's not very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I thought whoever it was who was playing like the, the younger cousin was really good. Like that was obviously like an actually like 15 year old kid, 16 year old kid. Something. He is 16. Uh, it's Gregory Diaz, the fourth. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, really good. Yeah, he's really uh, good. He was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, yeah, he's really good. Um, I thought he was quite good in this. So, yeah, just uh, the cast overall. I mean, there's really not a negative cast, you know, casting choice that I have to to say about this. Yeah, movie, you know? yeah, it's so. a pretty big cast, and uh, everybody did a good job. You know, yeah. there's a there's a lot of um, big parts in this. And like what I what I like about it is that it's not always just focused on Uznavi's story, um, like that it kind of goes around and like follows different storylines and stuff, and so everybody kind of gets their big moments and their like arc and everything, and so it took a lot of acting talent to pull that off, and and I think everybody pretty much works well in this. Yeah, I think so. I I, I agree with that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's sort of got like a. I think the idea, even though, yes, Usnavi is sort of like the lead character um, in a lot of ways, the idea is sort of like a slice of life in, in some ways. You know, it's just sort of like, this is what it's like in Washington Heights for these, like, X number of days. That's, like, sort of the mm-hmm. idea. Um, again, it sort of, like, does focus, especially because it's a movie. A movie sort of has to focus a little bit more than, like, a stage show kind of has to. Um, right. So, um, so it focuses a little bit more on Usnavi, but... Still, I think it works really well as like showcasing these other characters as well. I don't have a lot. Uh, I don't. Have, I don't really have anything bad to say about this. No. Uh, just lots of fun. I liked. Um, this is like a, a theatrical experience thing, but I liked they they had like the little bumper right before the movie, being like, "Welcome back to the theaters." Like we thought it was really important that people be able to see this on the screen, and we're glad that people can go to the movies now. And, I've noticed that before both this movie and uh, Quiet Place too. Yes, that they're they they're putting these yeah. things out there. Just such an interesting little artifact of this specific moment in time, but uh, it feels very appropriate. I feel like one other movie did that too that I saw, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, it's gonna bug mm. me. Um, but it was another one I saw right when theaters were reopening. Right? Yeah. 
Um, so like before the per the the forever purge. Welcome back, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we thought it was very important. <laughs> it might, you see honestly, it might have been Wrath of Man. Wrath of Man might have had something before it. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I can't remember what it was. But it, I I thought there was one other one. Um, not not important. But yeah, I thought that was nice. It was it was. Um, I mean, I, this movie was a theatrical experience. This movie should welcome people back. And The Quiet Place Two is the same way. Like you should see that movie in the theater if you can. Um, yeah. So you know, these were two movies that like really benefited from seeing them in a theater. So I totally get it, and I I'm glad that they recognized that that's where sort of they belong. Um, some other movies I saw over the course of the pandemic, I definitely think were hurt by the fact that I didn't see them in a theater. Like I, I probably would have liked Tenet more, you know? Um, yeah. That's the first one that comes to my yeah. mind. Like, well, this was clearly meant for a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, oh, well, you know, what can you do about that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's good that we're seeing some of those movies that have been put off for so long. Um, and I guess since we've, mentioned a quiet place too we can bring that around sure um i saw that a couple weeks ago okay and like (laughs) you saw this even longer ago so this is going to be a real memory challenge for us but we'll try to (laughs) try to get in there (laughs) so uh first of all i i kind of like how it starts with like a flashback yeah i know that on the face of this, this is also kind of a way for John Krasinski to write himself back into the movie. Yes, that's um, also why, yeah. But I don't mind seeing John Krasinski for any amount of yeah. time either. So that's fine with <laughs> well, me. <laughs> I, I just think I just thought it worked really well for what they were trying to show here. Like they're you know, they're trying to introduce a new character yes. who shows up later and also like getting to see um some thematic elements and like how everything started. Um, and it, it's, it, it plays very interestingly uh, for people who are in the middle of some sort of disaster right now. Oh. <laughs> Just to be like, oh yes, uh, flashback to the before times when things were more lighthearted. Um, also, it's like flashback to when the crisis started and we didn't know what the fuck we were supposed to do at any given time. Um, yeah. That's, yeah. That was like I a mean, relevant feeling when they were like, what are we supposed to do? And nobody knew they had to be quiet at first. And, you know, I was like, oh, yeah. Remember when we didn't know if we had to wear masks? Um, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I do like I find myself a lot these days, like just thinking back to those early days of the pandemic. And yeah. like, I feel like this was kind of a similar situation um and definitely reminded me of that and that's probably unintentional like i they finished didn't they finish this movie before any of this started um i'd have to look that up to be sure i feel like it wasn't totally intentional but i mean it worked so well i feel like (laughs) at the very least they had to have written this stuff beforehand but yeah it felt very of the moment yeah especially that part um so yeah i like that yeah, they, they i like in, in like 2019 so yeah 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 okay so yeah this is all this is all just pressure at the time shit. that that stuff was supposed to be like i don't know like about like life before right-wing conspiracy theorists took over our government <laughs> um no but <sighs> it's only gotten worse but that I so I liked I liked the the little flashback at the beginning. I liked um Killian Murphy's character. Yeah, that was great. Who's, 
he's the one who gets like sort of introduced in this flashback and then they run into him later. Right. Um, I thought that that, that contrast was very interesting. Like getting to see, well, first of all, getting to see John Krasinski's character alive again and like pre all that, but then also getting to see like the transformation of Killian Murphy from like a relatively laid back kind of guy to like this very visibly traumatized man uh, after he's lost all of his family and experienced the, these horrible events um, and to see like him have to like step up and like really be brave and push through to try to stop these monsters. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, he just went, I mean, he became by the end, I mean, not by the end, but by the time we see him again, he's sort of like a cold sort of like cruel man. Right. Um, he he warms his heart somewhat, but he's like not. He doesn't go out of his way to be a nice guy. Um, <laughs> um, and I you can't blame him. You know the world I think makes people, that kind of world would make anybody cruel. I think. Um, so, but by the end, of course, he's changed once again. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I I did think that was interesting. I really liked his character. I you know, I just like Kelly Murphy. So generally speaking, if he's in a movie, I'm probably gonna enjoy. Character. yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, he's always great it's also it's interesting to see him in another apocalyptic type movie after what, what i always associate him with is 28 days later yeah. which is really the movie that really kicked off his career um it. and very much a flashback to that sort of thing yeah yeah i mean i definitely i feel that i mean I don't, i'm trying to think if i think of that as a movie that kicked off his career but um in my mind, at least. That's the first thing I ever saw him in. Um, and that was a pretty small movie yeah. when it came out. Like That was a micro I mean, that is. I mean, that is like one of his earliest things. I just feel like, I, I don't know if it's the first thing I saw him in. I feel like I saw Red Eye first. I'm not going to lie. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, okay. Red, Red Eye definitely came out later, but just like 20 Days Later was like 2001 or two or whatever like that. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I was not watching, you know. I was not watching R-rated horror movies at the time. <laughs> at least not in any capacity that I was supposed to. If I did, it was like Friday the 13th, you know? It was like the the ones that, in my mind, those movies are not scary. Slashers are not particularly scary. So, um, you know, to me, right. like growing up, that was like, I could watch that sort of thing, but I was not about to watch a zombie apocalypse movie. That would have kept me up for like two weeks. Um, Once I got to high school, it was like I was watching all sorts of things. All right, well, 2002... Like on late- Late night cable. Just to be clear, September 11th happened when I was in fifth grade. So 2002 was like sixth grade. I was, I was not in high school yet in 2002, but like a couple years later, I would have probably seen it on TV. Yeah. By Um, high school. Agreed. Middle school. I was not necessarily in that boat. (laughs) Um, I did see something like I saw the grudge in theaters and that might've been middle school, but um, no, that was like high school because the ring was 2004 and the grudge definitely came like a year um so anyway that's all beside the point killing murphy is great and it is great i just like i do like seeing him in another horror period first of all and i do like that it's an apocalyptic horror but i think as much as i love him and also am like very attracted to him he has a very creepy demeanor that really works (laughs) well in horror they don't use that as much here although they sort of play with it when you first re-meet him um he, yeah, he's sort of got like a, a sort of ominous vibe to him at first, but ultimately he's a good guy here. But like, he does have a very like creepy demeanor that he can play very very well, um, and so he typically works very well in horror movies. So it's nice to see him in a horror movie where he isn't 
supposed to be sort of creepy the whole time. You know, I'm thinking about like Red Eye. I'm thinking about Scarecrow and The Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, but, I oh. mean, Batman Begins, but you know. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's he can pull off that sort of thing pretty well. So, um, but here he gets to be a good guy. Um, sunshine. Yeah. Fucking Sunshine. Um, I <laughs> That's love a good movie. Great movie. Anyway, love Kelly Murphy. Do more horror. Show he'll probably be in the third one, right? Because they've already said that they plan to make a third. So oh yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. Um, It'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I guess that was sort of a um, spoiler to say that he's going to be in the third one. But spoiler alert! I don't know. I like he'll be in the third one. Um, <laughs> um so yeah, um, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting getting to see like more of the world because yeah, you know, um. The original Quiet Place was very insular. It's like a, yeah, it's like a castle. Pretty much all it's took just all took place spot. like on the farm. Yeah. And this was more of like like a traveling movie. You got to see a lot of like what life was like on the road, trying to travel when you like can't make any noise. Yeah. <laughs> very difficult. Uh, I thought like a lot of the very the various different settings were interesting. Like that, I get steel factory or whatever where they were hiding. So they had like the little soundproof chamber they could hide in it was also like a radio room like they were in a room where they did radio recording like <laughs> what was that the one at the end yeah, about? yeah oh yeah yeah they had the yeah they they had the radio booth at the end yeah which was was kind of interesting because like they're they're in this like dilapidated radio station and there's like a green room and everything it's yeah. like this is all there's the contrast here between oh, you mean the like, main hiding spot where they're where they're hiding at the while. end yeah. okay yeah, yeah um i found that that whole island very interesting yeah, it's like oh yeah we just you know what i thought about the whole fucking island scene i was like the dharma initiative the dharma initiative the dharma initiative <laughs> um i was like we're all gonna find out there's like a hatch in the middle of this island and if we open oh it, yeah like, uh, so um <laughs> but yeah they're just like all hiding out on this island and it's yeah. like oh everything's fine here you know we're just like having a cookout you and know stuff. what my one complaint about this movie is and this is spoiler territory so if you don't want to you know jump ahead if you don't want to hear spoilers this whole review has been spoiler territory yeah, but this, so. this part like really the alien thing that hides out on the boat the whole way over that makes no fucking sense that like genuinely <laughs> genuinely everything we've seen about these aliens they do not have the self-control to just hide out they would have just killed they them have, on the boat over like that they like, have no chill yeah well, I don't think it hid out. I think it did kill everyone, and then the boat just sort of floated over. But I don't know if that really makes any sense either, because it's like it the alien just jump off, or like it would have died. Right. You know what I mean? Like it. Well, because the other alien didn't seem to know that it would die when it jumped in the water. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know that, but it was it was did make for a pretty great scene it, when it showed up great. on the I island. The scene on the island, I thought it was really really good. I just wish they'd come up with a slightly more believable scenario for that thing to have gotten over. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what they would have done either, to be clear, but like, it was just sort of, I like it happened and I was like, how, how'd you get over here? I don't really know what we're doing. Um, in any event, I agree. I did like the scene. I thought it was really, really good. Um, yeah. It was a really fun scene and, and yeah. I liked the the creepy dock pirate people. Oh yeah, that was uh, so weird. <laughs> I was like, this scene was inspired by the fog. 
Um, like- <laughs> <laughs> it was so freaky. What it, what it reminded me of is uh, like the shipwreckers. Oh. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's like like the story of like the the people who like they they put lanterns out on the shore of the beach yeah. at night so the ships would think it was a lighthouse and then come out and wreck and then they'd rob the ships and yeah. like kill all the survivors. It was like that was very much the vibe here. Like these creepy people hang around the docks and like luring people in and then like dropping these noisy chains on them so they can't chase after them. I mean, that's definitely what these people were. So that's <laughs> um, really upsetting. It was very cool. Um, yeah, I did. I did think that was really cool. I did think that scene sort of like, I was not expecting it. And I did feel like it like, no. sort of like I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, <laughs> it happened. It's so, I was like, it we came were, out of nowhere. We were not prepared for this, uh, this twist to occur. Like, um, I did like it though. I thought it was really good. So I, I'm not complaining about it. I thought it was really fun. Um, I think it's 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 always interesting in the apocalypse movies where they establish that like other people are the enemy as well, and this was a great scene for that. Like, yeah, they showed how it was interesting. There's like the, more than just the monsters that the are tra- dangerous. The trailers had sort of alluded to the fact that that might be like a main problem. Like, and like Killian Murphy's character is like, you don't understand, do you? The the people who are left are not the sort of people we're saving. And like that was like a major line in the trailer. Yeah, and like yeah. the trailer sort of played that up, like. Like, I thought that the movie would be more about how people were the enemy, but that really turned out to be just, like, a very minor blip in the movie. The, the people yeah. were not ultimately the enemy here. I do think, because we know that this is a trilogy, at the very least, I do think it's setting up for, like, a future where maybe that is the case. Um, yeah. So, uh, you, know, uh, you know, there is a chance that that's still going to happen, and we're going to get a Walking Dead-style twist in Part 3 where actually what's his face is here with a bat made of nails um, <laughs> um, oh no so. yeah i don't know but it was a pretty good follow-up i thought that like it kept uh, a lot of the things that worked about the first one without like having to hew too closely to him like i feel like Quiet Place 1, like, the whole thing was, like, how quiet can we keep it? And, like, there's very few scenes where there's prominent noise. Um, This one has a lot more opportunity for sound in the film, but still, like, for those really tense scenes, we'll keep, like, the quiet thing going. Uh, So I I thought it was good that it didn't try to stick to what they did in the first one too closely while still, you know keeping keeping the it basic still elements in the spirit of the first one like you know right um and I, I think that's really important so yeah i completely agree i actually think it was like one of the rare sequels where like i don't think there was like really any drop-off in quality like it was like just as good like i was like this was like yeah. totally like great like i mean you know very very rare experience for a horror sequel um so i yeah i really enjoyed this movie um i'm looking forward to the third one yeah I think uh, getting back to like the same sort of thing as like the Lin- Manuel Miranda thing is the quiet place has become very popular to make fun of online, but I still, I feel like it's not that bad. It's not that goofy. Like, especially this sequel, like hammered that home for me. It's like, no, it's good. It's a fun movie to watch. The thing it's is, not, it, it may not be a masterpiece, but it's, I think it does what it's trying to do very well. Anything that becomes like 
Like, I would argue A Quiet Place is one of, if not the biggest horror movies in, like, the last five years. Like, you know, it, mm-hmm. it was just, like, I, I can't say the biggest because uh, Halloween, obviously. Halloween 2018 um, was a huge deal and it was, like, one of the, you know. Oh, yeah. Made the most money of, like, any horror movie in how long? <laughs> like, like Basically an forever. Horror. Yeah. Um, but, like, otherwise, like, A Quiet Place is it. And um, there's certain ways that I think actually A Quiet Place might be more durable than the 2018 horror, the 2018 Halloween. Like, no, I love the 2018 Halloween, but I don't think it's as original as A Quiet Place, for example. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, like, and... And there's a lot of people in the horror community who don't like the 2018 Halloween quite as much. You know, they think it was like, fine, not great. Most people mm-hmm. think A Quiet Place is good or great. Like, <laughs> um, and so I, I do think that A Quiet Place reached a saturation point because just like fucking everybody saw it. There are people who don't like horror who saw it. Like, just yeah. because it's like, it's John Krasinski and everybody was talking about it. And, oh, it's so different because it's so quiet. And the whole thrust is like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, there were just a lot of people who saw it who don't typically watch this sort of thing. And so I think that in a certain way, it has a, a more, it has more pop culture currency. And so as a result, it got a lot more play on like memes and just like references and stuff like that. And so there's a certain like oversaturation point that these movies could reach very quickly. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> you know, so far I don't think they have, but that's one reason that you see it though, I think sort of being like the butt of like memes and jokes is because like it has gotten to a certain point where it's like, it's like a normie horror film. Like it's like everybody watches it. Everybody sees it. It's not like, you know, you know, it's not like one of the things where it's like, Oh, you're a a cool hardcore horror watcher. If you've seen this, like um, not that I think that that's okay. I think gatekeeping in the horror community is stupid, but like, you know, that is a thing that happens. So absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was funny that like there's been a lot of memes about the like the whiteboard from the first movie, and it was very pointedly included in this one. (laughs) (laughs) It was just like, oh, so what? (laughs) Like we're gonna keep that exact whiteboard in here. Yeah, I did like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Overall, I thought this was a great movie. I thought it was a really good, a really good sequel. I think the nice thing about this is that it's so accessible while still being interesting and different than a lot of horror movies. Like, it's like, there are a lot of horror movies that are, like, really different, but are not very accessible. And then there are a lot of movies that are really accessible and just, like, really fucking boring. Um, like, that's the big complaint about the Conjuring universe that a lot of people have, is that they're, like, very accessible, sure, but they're, like, very dull if you watch a ton of horror movies for some people. Because they mm-hmm. just, like, they don't do anything different every time, necessarily. Um, I personally enjoy them that's because I see them differently. I just see them as, I just love Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson as like a, a leading romance couple in these movies. Yeah. Like, I think it's fucking yeah, awesome. I think they're great. And so, um, but like, you know, I get it. And so like, I think a quiet place actually really walks the line between like being able to appeal to like, like just having a ton of broad appeal while still being creepy and effective and like having some genuinely interesting things to say and do. So, um, you know, I think that's a good thing. And if people don't like that, then, well, I don't know if they want to horror, but I think it's only a good thing when horror has very big appeal and, and appeals to everybody. Yes. We need a, a wide tent approach yes. to horror here. We still need the weird stuff. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I love the, the weird, weird stuff. stuff God knows that I like the weird stuff. 
Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, we need, we need some stuff that brings in, we need things that draw in fans, like people who like, we need gateway horror, you know, ways to yes. bring people into the fold and like, not everybody's going to be brought into the fold by saw. Like I was for some people that's too much. And I get yeah. it. That's very violent. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think that this is a really, I, I think this is a great starting point. Like, I can imagine being like a, a middle or high schooler right now. Like, this would be a great, like, way for me to be like, oh, wow, I love whatever this genre is. Like, you know, that's cool. I think yeah. it's a good thing. Um, because it's also the sort of movie that parents probably let kids watch. Because they're like, oh, it's John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Like, um, <laughs> it's Jim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jim wouldn't put anything too bad in the movie and he doesn't let's be clear this is like the most family friendly approach to horror that you could possibly do Um, Mm -hmm. um, so there's no like sex or drugs or anything like that you know Um, there's some people die yeah some some decent eviscerations in here nothing too gory but especially like the scene that again getting back to the uh the flashback the scene where like all the aliens are like rampaging on the town like had some really solid action bits in there uh just because like nobody was like hiding or being quiet yet everybody nobody had any idea what to do so they were just running rampant um you got to see what these things could really do to a town i I really liked the opening scene and it got a little bit the trailers were a bit much, and I think part of that is just because we were seeing them for so long. I swear to God, I've seen that trailer like so many. <laughs> like the part where like the thing is coming out of the bus as the bus, and she's having to reverse down the street. Um, that's like a fucking awesome scene, and I wish that they hadn't put it in the trailer the way that yeah. they did because that's like the first time I saw the trailer. I remember being like, "Wow, this is fucking great," and unfortunately, now I've seen it. Um, <laughs> like they totally like. And, like, when I was watching the movie in, like, full, I was like, wow, this is still really great. I wish that they hadn't put it in the trailer because it ruins the impact a little bit. Because I've now seen it literally 25 times. Because I've seen it ahead <laughs> of every movie that I've watched within the past, like, however God knows how long. Like, um, For me, it had been, like, so long since I'd seen the trailer. Because, like, the last time I'd seen it was, like, pre-pandemic in the theater. Okay. So I'd, like... I like the the effect had faded, so it didn't like I, I still felt like I was coming into it pretty much fresh. This wasn't the first mm-hmm. thing I saw back in theater, so it was sort of like mm-hmm. you know, I'd seen yeah. um, a few things. Oh, speaking of trailers that spoil a lot, um, Escape Room, I, I hope you still haven't seen the Escape Room. Two I literally trailer. haven't. Uh, um, I started <laughs> so as you know, I watched 911. Um, I, I was like watching an episode and there was a trailer for it that came on during the credits because I'm in the current season. So, you know, Hulu in the current season, it makes you watch uh, commercials. Um, right. And so I was, I was, I had to watch an ad and I started and I was like, oh, it's a movie on the subway train. And then I saw <laughs> her, I saw the lead and I was like, oh no. And so I just like stood up and walked away for a second. <laughs> uh, That's like, good. It, I, don't, I doubt it would have been the full trailer because usually the Hulu commercials are like 30 seconds. They're like cheaper. True, um, yeah. But I just didn't want to see anything because it's so soon that I'm like, I can resist. Um, I right. really thought I'd see one before Forever Purge and I didn't. I didn't see a trailer wow. for it before Forever Purge. Interesting. Um, and I, I got there the for all of the trailers. I saw all of them. Um, including the Halloween Kills one, which was just great to see on a big mm. screen. Um, yeah. The trailer for um escape room 2 is really good like it looks really cool but at the same time it does 
probably give away a lot. So I encourage people not to see it if they're interested in see, checking that out. Yeah. We will definitely be reviewing that when it comes out soon. Yes. Um, sure will. I, I missed the trailers for Forever Purge today because like, I keep like buying my ticket like right as the movie starts oh, and then yeah. like walking over there and like I forget that I don't live quite as close to the theater as I used to. Oh no. <laughs> so I'm like I'm like barely getting there as the movie's starting. Uh I think I actually missed the like the very beginning of this movie. Oh no. <laughs> but but cuz like um usually they have like 20 minutes of trailers but I guess today they only had like 15. I don't know. Right. Um but I'm gonna have to start leaving a little earlier for these screenings. Uh, but it's it's interesting getting back to it and going to a completely different theater. Um, you know, but I, I sometimes uh, try to miss the trailers, like because like if I see one at um, there are, there are two AMC's, like ones in the East Village and then ones at Union Square, which. As you may or may not know, those are literally like a ten minute walk from one another. Um, so it's like, sort of like there are two AMC's like right by one another, and so I use the two interchangeably basically because like I get off the same subway stop for each of them, and so I'll like often try to see like a five o'clock movie, and like I get off work at three, so I'll like get my ticket and I'll go up to a bar nearby, and I'll be like, okay, I'm gonna leave the bar with enough time to get to the movie literally five minutes before the actual movie, so I'll get there yeah. late and it'll be fine. But what happens is I'm a very anxious person and I get there <laughs> five minutes into trailers. And so I see like most of the trailers. Um, so actually it's possible yeah. they did show a trailer for um, Escape Room 2 during Forever Purge for me because I definitely did miss like one full trailer, but I didn't see one. Um, but, I, 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 but I did walk in sort of in the I middle, like... but I watched a bunch of trailers. Like I saw like uh-huh. five or six trailers. <laughs> I feel like the anxiety can go like what of either way because I used to show up like half an hour early to the movie. I definitely don't do that. Like not get the if it not since, if it's general admission at all anymore. Right. I would do that, but AMC does reserve seating, so I just yeah, don't that's the biggest difference since they introduced uh, reserve seating. I've just been like, oh, I could show up, whatever. Yep. And then I'm just like, oh, I've got time left. Like, I can still do this, like, blah, blah, blah. And also it's like, shit, I got to go. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it's it's the opposite end of the spectrum now. Um, but just, I like, I don't, I like watching the trailers generally. It's just like, it's a timing thing. And also it's like, if you go to the movies enough, you start seeing the same trailers again and again. And it's just like, oh, like, save me from this. Um, but I'm sure soon we're going to have some more meme trailers that we can get obsessed with. I'm so ready like for the meme ones, trailers. The ones that have happened to us, like with the Aquaman trailer a while back. Oh, yeah. Um, God, I can't yeah, so meme trailers. Th- that's in, in our future, and I'm excited for us. So last to, to close out the night, why don't we talk about Forever Purge, All which right. I just saw today. Um, so very fresh in your mind. I saw it two days ago, I think. I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. Um, that seems right to me anyway. Um, whatever day England beat Denmark. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like Wednesday, yeah, I think. I think. Um, so, yeah. You know what? I liked it. Um, and I, I like this one quite a bit. I feel this like might... I, I often say this about Purge movies. I like it more than people seem to have liked it on the internet. 
Like I thought it was yeah. Um, I generally like the Purge movies. I thought this might have even been my favorite of the franchise. Um, I have to rewatch them. I really meant to rewatch all of them before this one, um, but I just like they fucking didn't do that. So like, I don't have <laughs> the only one I use, but <laughs> the only one I rewatched recently was Election Year, right before the election. Because so I was like, this is like a vibe. Well, I did right do now. that. I also remember doing <laughs> that. Um, um, it's like you know what this is. This sums everything up perfectly right now. Um, yeah, I thought, as always, you know, this is very politically current horror filmmaking. Right. Um, I thought that it was, it's very interesting, again, that this is something that was made before the pandemic and before, like, the capital siege. And yet th- there's still, like, kind of elements of both in there. The capital siege, it's, it's hard to believe this was made before the capital siege. It's totally possible to believe this was made without the pandemic in mind. There, right. there are things that ring true in a post-pandemic world now, um, but it's totally possible to believe this was made before pandemic life. Mm-hmm. It is like, it just hit the nail on the head of like right-wing crazies so well that it's hard to believe this was made without the siege in mind. Like, it, yeah. it's really, I mean, uh, you know, and I think what that really speaks to is how obvious it was that that sort of thing was always going to happen right like like we all should have known that was going to happen um and you know i to credit where it's due a lot of people did know that was going to happen and just still nothing was ever done about it um so you know um yeah i completely agree i think that what it really comes down to is that this movie was definitely made with trump's election and trump's presidency in mind uh there's like no way around that one and there's a there's a number of like pretty uh specific trump references in here like where the guy like calls the the mexicans bad hombres oh my god and he literally he's, he said that he fucking said that and he's calling he's calling the girl he's with mother all the oh time oh my god i was like losing my fucking mind when that was happening yeah, the Purge movies are not subtle, by the way. They like there's very pointed references here to, to Trump or Trump followers. Um, They've got, you know, the pickup trucks with the flags I on the back. I kind of appreciate that like I kind of think it's ballsy for the sort of horror movie that honestly the Purge movies if you just take them at their face value. They are slasher movies to a certain extent. Um just sort of like you know, they're churned out at a regular pace at this point. Um, yeah. And yeah. they are, they're the sort of movie that honestly, I would personally think a lot of Trump's America would see like, and it's kind <laughs> of ballsy to make a yeah. movie that is pointedly, I mean, just like you can't watch this movie and be a Trump supporter and think you're not being criticized. You know, what's so funny is that fucking Republicans were up in arms about the hunt, but they don't give a shit about the first per- or the forever purge. Um, right. And, and the purge series has not been like subtle about it specifically being pointed at right wing figures right. in the past either. Yeah. Um, it is. I, I was, I was thinking about this a lot recently after seeing some of the reactions to this movie online is that it like, yes, like this, these films are maybe not as like, gritty and edgy as they could be for this subject matter. But I also think it's really quite impressive that they've managed to get a mainstream horror franchise 
that goes this far and is like this pointedly political and like is still going after what this is like the fifth installment, fourth installment. Yeah. Uh, this is the fourth one, right? Um, no, it's a mainstream the, franchise. The first purge is the fourth one. Wow, this is the fifth one. You're right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I I just think I think for what it is, which is a mainstream like blockbuster style horror franchise, this is pretty subversive in its own way. It's very. It's not exactly like we said. It's not subtle. It's pretty ham handed. And, and it's not perfectly uh, done. Some of its like messages are a little bit muddled at times. Yeah. Um, but it's not without its weaknesses. Uh, but I do, but think, I yeah, do I think, think you're right. I think it is surprisingly bold for what it yeah, is. Yeah, I, th- I think it's the boldness and the blatant blatancy of it, right? I think that's what like strikes me because a lot of movies have some political agendas. Like to, to go back to a, a, a fan favorite, and by fan favorite, I mean podcast favorite. Um, Saw Six has a pretty aggressively yeah. like sort of left leaning message on health. And so, you know, that's really good to see, but like you can totally walk away from that movie and if you don't agree with that sort of politics, not think anything of it necessarily because you just like choose to block it out. The Purge movies don't let you do that. Like you cannot walk away from this without thinking about the politics of the movie. Like you just can't do it. You can't be like, oh, that was just a fun horror movie. Like it's impossible. Like Whereas Saw 6, I do think that's possible probably for some people. You might have to yeah. be a little willful to do that, but I do believe that people could do that, and people have done that with horror for years and years and years. Um, but the Purge is not letting you do that at this point. The first, the first Purge movie sort of let you walk away without really thinking about it. The yeah. second movie, the they first... were like, "Fuck it, let's do it, let's just go." Like <laughs> that's why. That's why I think like the first one is such a letdown, and like it's really impressive that they've managed to turn this around and like build a very relevant franchise off of the ashes to that one because like the first one you could have just written off as like sort of a uh heightened home invasion thriller right. and but this one is just like and like the other ones preceding it it's just so much more clear the direction that they're going yeah, i think it. by election year they weren't fucking around anymore and yeah. they sort of like they were still getting there a little bit although i think they sort of got there but like by election year they weren't they weren't fucking around and the first purge even though i think it was not as strong it like clearly had a message and they weren't they weren't playing games there either and by this one they were just like let's go out with a bang man let's just like fucking do mm-hmm. it like um, i think so in terms of where this fits in with the franchise uh this is supposed to take place 8 years after election year and as we know, in the end of election year, there's the uh, well, as uh, of course we know, because we've all seen the purge election year. <laughs> um, but in anyway, in the purge election year, there's there's a, a politician running for president who like pledges to stop the purge and end all the violence or whatever. And like the whole thing is about like trying to keep her safe on uh, purge night so that she can become president and end the purge right. finally. Uh, so this takes place eight years after that. Uh, and like the new founding fathers have gained control of the government again and have reinstituted the purge. Yep. And I do, I, I kind of like that about this because I do feel like that was like the one weakness of election year is that at the heart of it, it seems to have this idea that like all this can be legislated away. And if we just make the purge illegal, everything's going to go back to being fine. This movie 
posits that like even like regardless of whether you make the purge illegal or not like the people are the problem and, and like again, the and inherent super fucking relevant to the united states yeah. of america right now like <laughs> so. the, the the inherent violence and racism of the society is the problem and yeah. it's like the the purge is, is just like a symptom of that so i found that 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 very interesting and a lot more relevant to this specific moment in time than election year was right. like election year was the sort of thing that maybe we could have all gotten on board with like five or six years ago. And now it's like, okay, this makes a lot well, more sense. I think election year was more ham handedly trying to do like a, a nod to the current time when that came out. Right. Like that was sort of like when it did election year, you, we all sort of knew what they were talking about. Like, we yeah. like all right, we fucking know what your, what your joke is here. It's a 2016 movie. We know what you mean by election year. Uh, like, yeah. um, so, you know, that was sort of, uh, sort of annoying in some ways. Um, but by this one, they sort of, you know, they, they, I think they had a better grasp on how to do it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I, re I really liked this movie. I thought it was pretty good. I, again, I think it's not perfect. I think there, there's some questions about like, the white dude who seemed to be racist and then wasn't racist, but then maybe still was racist because he was like, our racist shouldn't mix. And I was like, mm, that's pretty racist. And yeah. that was kind of questionable. Um, <laughs> but otherwise I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah. Well that, that scene, he's like, he's like, I don't think that what like white men or Mexicans or anyone is better than anyone else. I just think we should stick to our own, which is a classic, like, pretty racist point of view yep. <laughs> and the mexican guy is like well we're stuck together now right. <laughs> which is very much like both like in terms of a country and in terms of their literal situation yeah. like they're fighting to keep each other alive right. and i feel like by the end he's supposed to have like grown as a person well i sure he's hope speaking, so he's speaking he's saying things he's, in spanish say, and he's stuff. now fled to mexico he's a refugee um well yeah I, and that's sort of like the the like the joke at the end it's like a, a subversion of the like the, the americans fleeing to mexico for safety and they're calling them like what will become of these new american dreamers and so it's very pointedly using the same sort of language just the situation is reversed right and you'd like to think that these characters have learned something by the end of this. You would, but you would. yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of very interesting racial politics in this movie. There's also like some interesting class dynamics early on. Um, you know, the old guy who's saying like, uh, you know, like you, yeah, this is America. You know, the rich always take advantage of the poor, but if you're just going to use violence to get what you want, you're just doing what the people in Washington want you to do. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. That was that was that was very pointed. Um, and it's too bad that he got killed off so quickly because he seemed to have a lot to say. He did, but he he got killed off in a very dramatic fashion too. He really, yeah. Uh, poor uh, Will Patton did not. Uh, <laughs> he, mm -hmm. he just got like fucked. Um, but you know, yeah, I, there was, there was just a lot interesting about this. I also think that, um, so this movie, am I mistaken in thinking this movie is supposed to be sort of like the last one? Like it sort of feels like it. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't heard of any new ones coming out. I could see another one coming out, but it would be very, it'd be very different. It would have to be more about like trying to rebuild the nation. Cause like at the end of this movie, 
Like the whole well, country I mean, is basically going to war I mean, and tearing itself like apart. Years that we've skipped in the world. I yeah. Mean, there are, there so we could there. we could do another prequel yeah. style, um, like the first purge or something. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I, I thought that I had thought that it was like literally supposed to be the last one, but I did think the movie basically fundamentally set itself up for like a spinoff when that one character who helped our our lead Adela. He was like, okay, I have to go find my family. It's better if I do it alone. And just went off by himself. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. a whole fucking movie about that guy coming. Right, out. right. I wonder, <laughs> I, like, we could just get a whole side movie just from that. Because that very much was like a like a side quest type moment. There, there's virtually no reason to introduce him as a character, make him a thing, and be like, and it's better if I do it alone. Bye. If you're not yeah, going like, to bring him back at some point. Uh, so, I just remember thinking that the whole time because I went into this thinking that I had been led to believe it was meant to be the final installment. Like that's sort of what I thought I had read somewhere. Um, it, but, I mean, it just, it seems like it, right. It's called the forever purge. It sort of implies like, this is the end. This is the last one. Yeah. But who do, I mean, like it's going to be up to them. You know, they, they could always decide to bring it back. It's an easy whenever. concept to bring back at any point. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, I, yeah. I, and the good thing about it is that it doesn't rely on any specific characters. Like we've got nobody in this movie from a previous installment. And we don't need even these characters to come back again. In fact, Frank Grillo was in like several of the middle installments, yes. but so you can have recurring characters, but you can also not use them at all. That's like kind of the beauty of this format. Yeah. I think that like, I personally prefer for characters not to come back. You know what I mean? Like in these movies, like I want to like believe that when these movies are done, the characters who survive have survived and they do not. I don't want to think about them having to survive another purge night. Like these nights yeah. are hell. Um, <laughs> um, quite yeah. frankly, like, I would have fled to Canada two years into the purge world. Like, I it's like when, when Paxson gets killed in like the beginning oh, okay. of Hostel 2 June, and you're like, oh no. In June 2021, despite Forever originally having been intended as a final film, producer Jason Bloom stated that he intends to make additional films. That he is working right. on well, convincing James DeMonico to continue the story. In July, there. DeMonico confirmed his concept to focus on Frank Grillo's character, Leo Barnes, from <laughs> Anarchy and Election Years and to incorporate back. a worldwide purge. Oh my god. Mr. Um, <laughs> um I think that's, that's that's crazy. It says that that's a concept that was developed for possible for as an option for the Purge TV series, so I wonder if that's a thing that I should watch, but um yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. So, so I guess I've answered our question. There will be a sixth one probably. There we go. I have not seen is the tv series out already yeah it's had like two seasons oh. at least i've i've not seen the tv series what well, are you are you breathing into the mic that or something oh wow <laughs> that's loud oh like it sounds like you're like breathing right into the mic wow okay um yeah i've not seen the tv series i have um experienced the universal halloween horror nights haunted house oh, fun. <laughs> purge um i think it was purge anarchy that one um that was pretty cool um but i like i'll watch i'll watch another purge movie if they put it out that like these i've surprisingly come to quite enjoy this franchise as you know one that i could have taken or left at the very beginning but i like i like the purge now yeah ultimately i like it too um 
sorry about the thunder. It's it's really it's no longer raining, but it's thundering a lot. Oh, it's still we're raining gonna, just a bit though. We're gonna see about my ability to edit that out. We'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> well, if it but you happen to have some thunder in the podcast, you know. Yeah, it'll be just add a little element of spookiness. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, the ooh atmosphere. Um. So, um, oh, I, I, one, one thing I wanted to touch on before we went, just a small observation, like the, the Nazi guy that was in the, um, the police paddy wagon while they were getting carted off was such an interesting character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I thought like, uh, I was like almost like, obviously he had to get killed and it was good, but like, I almost wanted to see more of him. Cause like at first he was just like the stereotypical, like meathead, like racist guy. And then like, he started hearing the gunfire and he got like almost like philosophical about all of it. Oh, yeah. He was like, I, I, I love. He was just like identifying all the guns. Like that is a thirty aught six. That is an AK forty seven. Yeah. Double barreled shotgun. M sixteen. He's like rattling these off, and he's like the music of America. Feel it. <laughs> like whoa, this guy's like really getting into it. And it was just like such an unexpected scene, like at that point. But it really added to the atmosphere of like getting in the head of the the people who were behind all of this well he yeah he was insane he had a swastika tattooed on his face Um, yeah yeah i did like that though i like that i thought it was a good little slightly creepy slightly funny uh bit that was happening um mostly creepy but a little bit funny it was kind of funny how like he was like so passionate about this and i was like this knowledge is not useful (laughs) like you are not gaining anything from this you're actually locked up in a police truck right now so it doesn't matter if you know what kind of gun that is um thanks for playing though (laughs) (laughs) thanks for playing name that gun (laughs) and he had like fucking harley quinn sitting across from him who was like on the verge of orgasm every time something's happening. I was like, what the I couldn't tell if she was on? like drugged out or like what, but she was, she was just like, yeah, out. she was drugged this out. This is the purge, baby. The forever purge. I loved that. Like the thrust of this movie was like the forever purge happens. And like, nobody had any idea that this was going to happen. And it's like, that's realistic because nobody fucking pays attention to the right wing crazy corners of the internet. Yeah, um, they just, you know, like, they, they were probably, like, saying for months that they were going to do this. Everybody's like, oh, they won't. There was a subreddit they won't all do about that. it. And, and everybody was like, ah, <laughs> eh, whatever, it's just a fucking subreddit. I'm like, they're they're buying guns. They're doing it. They're going to yeah, do it. They're getting ready for Nick it. Nick Fuentes is coming for us. Um, oh, God. Nick Fuentes banned from Twitter. <laughs> from Twitter. Uh, I saw that. <laughs> that was a... Pour one out. That was a good one. Um, yeah, so I just think... Yeah, I thought so many things about it really did hit the nail on the head. Um, it's getting, some, you know, it's as a Purge movie, it's getting some mixed reviews as usual, but I think mostly pretty good. Um, yeah, I did read yeah. one review that was like, it wants to be smart, but it's like an NRA fever dream, the heroes. And I was like, I think maybe sometimes I'm to the left of some people on gun control. <laughs> it's like, there's like a, there's like, I want some gun control. And then it's like, but I also think that maybe... 
we have gun ownership as a right for a reason. And this is like the prime reason. Like, do you think people are going to well, like <laughs> fight back against the gun militia with like a fucking wooden stick? Like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I feel like the exact time when you want to have a gun is when there's armed militias running around right, trying like to kill everybody. I don't know what, like, what do you think? What do you think the characters in this movie are going to do? Are they going to fight with knives to fight back here? Like, what do you mean this is an NRA fever drink? The other guys have guns too. Everybody has guns. The 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 losers <laughs> are losing while having guns, and the winners are winning while having guns, and also while running out of guns and having to use a lasso. So like, I don't really, you know, like very bizarre line of argument that I read. I do love the the lasso warfare in this movie, there was and like warfare. the Native Americans hiding behind the skulls and then coming out. I liked that it was in Texas. I mean. God damn! <laughs> um, the actual purge over there. I I, I mean it. Ha- it kind of had to be in Texas because it's like, just because of like the, the the themes of the movie about like Mexican border and everything. Um, but also I liked that it was in Texas when it was just because like Texas has become such like a a flashpoint state for our politics in the past like yeah. two years. Um, so I just thought that was like really like very pointed, and I thought it was like interesting that they did that, and then it was like about like being a cowboy in texas and i was like wow this is so like just like a very smart choice i think it, it feels like it feels of the time without being like without being like silly you know like sometimes movies are very of the time and it's like next year yeah. when i watch this i'm gonna be like that's cringeworthy um <laughs> texas texas felt like a great setting for this because like all like all the previous movies have been either suburban or urban like very highly populated areas uh, and there's a lot of time spent in cities here as well. Like the, a lot of the movie takes place in El Paso, but also there's a lot of time just like driving down uh, desolate highways. And it's like, oh yeah, if you run into a violent motorcycle gang out here, it'd be really scary. Like I've driven around that part of Texas and it's like, you could go a hundred miles without running into With anybody. Nothing. Absolutely um, nothing. <laughs> in, in this sort of situation, that would be scary as fuck. Actually, in this sort um, so of situation, it, was, it might be better if you go that far without seeing anyone. Maybe, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hope you don't run into yeah. anyone. But it was interesting for that. It was interesting because you know there's the Texas Mexican border. Yeah. Uh, there's the all the Hispanics involved in it and the Native Americans. There's also just um, like the, the the heavy concept of Texas as being the sort of like independent state where like everybody right. wants to have their like right. So like if any state was like really gonna participate in like the forever purge. I really do think Texas would be like one of the first state. I mean, Maybe. and I'm not even yeah. trying to say anything bad about Texas here. I have loved my time in Texas. We won't mess with Texas. Yeah. Huh? I, I thoroughly enjoy a lot of Texas, but like, you know, it is like the sort of state where it's like, honestly, if this is going to happen anywhere, well, it's probably going to be Texas. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I, and also part of that is just because like gun ownership laws are more lax in Texas. Like, you know, like all sorts of reasons that this makes more sense for being in Texas. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a strong cool. culture of gun ownership there. And is, uh, uh, you can see it in the fact that like, even our, like the, our heroes who aren't necessarily gearing up for a big war have access to like multiple rifles and, and know how to like, use them. All sorts they're of ready. ammunition uh, and everything. Yeah. They're ready to although go. I do think that at this point in the world, like if, if the purge has been a thing for a while, even if it was suspended for a bit, you probably you would you would 
Whoa. <laughs> it's really storming here. It's like you would, <laughs> you oh would God, be training every day. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, no. No. He's like stumbling oh. a bit. I'm like, oh, no. You're like, rip. The wind is really heavy. Like, I like he's rip that person. Probably, he's probably not stumbling through any fault of his own. The wind is probably genuinely throwing him. Um, oh, my God. Um, I'm just thinking back. I'm thinking of those videos of the uh, the New York subway. Now. <laughs> Honestly, that's <laughs> probably like, <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Texas felt right for this. Um, it, it was also just good to see a different setting, you know, it, yeah. mix it up. Um, yeah, I feel like mostly it's been like California, right? Like, am I like, going crazy? I feel like there's been a lot of California. There was there was one. Um, the first purge took place on Staten Island. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where. I don't remember where the. I like that they were, do pick like. Were, I mean, Staten Island, Texas, even like Republican enclaves. Um, they're <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. which makes sense. I mean, like. I mean, I feel like it's kind of rude to say. I, I just feel like if the purge happens, it's going to be mostly Republicans participating. Um, seems like an <laughs> obvious choice. Um, so it's certainly what the makers of this film seem to think. Yeah, the first movie was Los Angeles. Um, okay. So. So L.A. Yeah, the, Staten Island. The second one is also Los Boston. Angeles, and then election. Where's year, election year? I feel like election year. It's also Los Angeles. Oh, okay. oh no, it's uh DC. The site the, the third okay. one is DC, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. which makes sense. That's election year. And then we get to <laughs> Which is funny because it does not it does not feel like DC at all. Well, you would know. Um <laughs> other than a couple of like shots. Yeah. Um but yeah, so we've got LA, New York, DC, and then Texas. Interesting mix of locations. I like the uh, I like the part where they went in the movie theater in this movie. Of oh, course, yeah, that was good. That was really good. I kind of, I kind of got got the feeling when they go in the theater that they're gonna do like one of those things. <laughs> the carriage is gonna show up in the theater all of a sudden. It's like, oh my god, they're in the theater right now. Like a <laughs> what? What was that movie? The Tingler, where they do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but they did it. But I, I thought it was funny that they, they showed up at the theater and it was clearly like already for like some Halloween movie marathon or something. Right. And like Dracula was showing on the screen and there were like all these skeleton bats hanging from the ceiling and stuff. Like, okay. No. <laughs> just, like they're going like full cheesy haunted house here yes. and it's fantastic. Yeah. And they had like the. The, like the employees or something were like dressed as vampires and one of them was like staked to the wall <laughs> like all the employees were dead except for that one that got up and like attacked them and they had to kill them uh that was a very fun scene um there's some silly scenes in this i feel like as as much as they like to be like intensely political and serious they also like to throw in some funny stuff here and there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which I is think nice. that's intentional, yeah. But, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a great follow-up to what we've seen so far in the Purge franchise. Feels very of the moment, of course. Um, yeah. It's very good. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, it was a fun fun movie i thought it was a good way to get back into seeing some some more horror in theaters i say yes. that having we... seen a few horror movies in theaters. <laughs> well we're glad to be back seeing horror movies in the theaters 
There'll be more coming up soon, and you know we're going to talk about them. Are so get ready. I can think of one. That's all. And we're going to sign off now before uh, Matt gets taken away by the storm. It's and... like, it looks like it's going to. I can't really see outside. <laughs> the rain is coming down. Huh? Um, if, if it does, I will think of you fondly. Think of me. Uh... Think of me fondly. Ooh, that's some lightning. Um, <laughs> Until next time, uh, you can catch us on all the major platforms. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like what we're doing. You can find us on social media. We're at Buzz on Movies on Twitter. And you can also reach out to us um, by email, buzzonmovies at gmail.com. As always, if you want us to review something or if you saw something particularly cool at the theaters recently, let us know. And until next time... We'll see you at the movies. We will see you at the movies. You don't get purged first. Oh, no.